0: every monday to friday this is peter lewis's money talk.
1: money talk
0: good morning this is peter lewis welcoming you to my podcast money talk for monday the 18th of september i have the latest business and finance news from across asia for you this podcast is sponsored by surfing group which is headquartered in singapore and offers online financial services to 30 million customers across tech countries In the latest news, China's retail sales and industrial production grew faster than expected in August. Retail sales grew by 4.6% from a year ago, beating expectations for 3% growth. The increase was also faster than the 2.5% year-on-year pace in July. Industrial production also accelerated, rising by 4.5% in August from a year ago, better than the 3.9% forecast and faster than the 3.7% increase reported for July. The official data showed property investment and residential sales remained weak. Property investment decreased at an 8.8% year-on-year pace in the January to August period, worse than the 8.5% decline up to July, although not as bad as the market was expecting. China's new home prices dropped at a faster pace in August. New home prices in 70 cities declined 0.3% last month from July. That's the biggest fall in 10 months. China's central bank released more cash into financial markets Friday to support the country's growth momentum. The People's Bank of China added a net 191 billion yuan, that's just over 26 billion US dollars, into the banking system via a one-year medium-term lending facility. The PBOC kept the MLF borrowing cost unchanged at 2.5% after a surprise 15 basis point cut last month. However, the PBOC cut the rate on a 14-day reverse repo by 20 basis points to 1.95%. Members of the United Auto Workers have gone on strike at key assembly plants in the United States for the first time ever after failed talks between the union and the so-called Big Three major car makers on a new labour contract. The walkouts, which have seen 12,700 workers taking to the picket lines, have hit factories owned by General Motors, Ford Motor and Jeep maker Stellantis. When combined, Ford GM and Stellantis account for roughly half of the 15 million cars produced in the US each year, and some economists are worried about a broader impact on the American economy from the strikes. On today's programme, I'm joined by Alex Wong, Director at Alex K.Y. Wong Asset Management and the Shah, Asia Chief Economist at BBVA, providing a view from mainland China, will be Shanghai-based independent economist Andy Sher. And if you want to get in touch, please go to my website, peterlewismoneytalk.substack.com and do please take a look at my daily newsletter, which you'll find there.
1: Every Monday to Friday, this
0: is Peter Lewis's Money Talk. Peter Lewis's Money Talk. The tech sector dragged shares on Wall Street lower on Friday. The S&P 500 and Nasdaq fell for the second week in a row, while the Dow clung to unchanged over the five sessions. The S&P 500 was lower by 1.2% at 4,450, sending it to a weekly loss of 0.2%. The Dow slid 289 points, or by 0.8% to 34,618. At its lows, the index completely wiped out Thursday's 332 point rally, and for the week it was up 0.1%. And as that composite dropped 1.6% to 13,708, it was lower by 0.4% over the week. Shares of arm holdings were lower by 4.5% one day after its successful public debut. Fresh data last week did little to change the view that the U.S. economy will remain strong, keeping Treasury yields high. The two-year yield closed back above the key 5% level, rising five basis points over the week to 5.04%. The 10-year yield added eight basis points to 4.34%. The US dollar index recorded its ninth straight weekly gain for the first time since October 2014. The renminbi hit a two-week high against the US dollar after stronger-than-expected China economic data. The onshore renminbi rose 0.9% last week to 7.2466 per dollar. Oil prices gained for a third consecutive week and for the 10th week out of the last 12. Brent crude oil traded 0.2% higher at $93.93 a barrel for a weekly gain of 3.6%. Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index rebounded from losses in the final hour of trading Friday to close 135 points, or 0.8% higher at 18,183, and for the week it was 0.1% lower. The Hang Seng Tech Index rose half a percent, reducing its weekly losses to 0.3%. The Shanghai Composite dropped a third of a percent to 3,118, leaving it flat over the week. And this morning, the Hang Seng is projected to open around 130 points or 0.7% lower at around 18,050. And you can get more details on the latest market movements in my daily newsletter at peterlewismoneytalk.substack.com. Every Monday to Friday, this is Peter Lewis's Money Talk.
2: Peter Lewis's Money Talk.
0: It's the start of a new week, and as always on a Monday, we welcome Alex Wong, Director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management. Morning, Alex. Hi, morning, Peter. And also joining us is LaShar, Asia Chief Economist from BBVA. Morning, Shark. Morning, Peter. Let's start with the China economic activity data, um, which showed a pickup um, in most areas apart from things related to property. China's retail sales and industrial production grew faster than expected in August as policymakers expanded their support measures. But data related to the property market showed the downturn in the sector worsening, according to the National Bureau of Statistics. Retail sales grew by 4.6% in August from a year ago, beating expectations for 3% growth. And that was also faster than the 2.5% year-on-year pace in July... Industrial production also accelerated, rising by 4.5% in August from a year ago. That was also better than forecasts and better than the 3.7% increase in July. The data did show, though, that industrial activity has favoured state rather than private firms. Industrial value added output increased 5.2% year-on-year at state-owned enterprises, but only 3.4% year-on-year at private uh, companies. So, um, shark. Let's get your assessment first of all of, of what you think of this. Uh, of this economic data, I, do you see positive signs there that maybe things are improving?
2: Uh, I think uh, this one shows some very good signs uh, to Chinese economy because uh, uh, last month in uh, July we see very bad data outturns, especially this industry production things, this uh, uh, retail sales things. They are all fall to uh, very low. Uh, level but this time we see the rebound i think uh, we can see that the economy is still on on the right track okay of course uh, the, we need to uh, take into consideration that uh, the authority they have done a lot of things to try to stay, stabilize the economy try to boost the uh, uh, domestic demand but but anyway it looks uh, uh, the august data is uh, still in line with what we have seen before july Mm. So that means uh, this year, they are going to have this uh, recovery, but not as good as many people expected, but not as bad as it show in the July data. So,
0: I, I think if you go back to the beginning of the year, when people were looking forward to this year, they really thought there was going to be quite an extraordinary rebound, didn't they, after the COVID restrictions were listed?
2: Yeah, exactly. I think uh, even compared to the beginning of the year, now the real data is weaker than Mm. people say expected.
0: But I I suppose that's where we should also be careful, couldn't we? When we compare year on year, we're comparing this with a period where a lot of China was in lockdown and and activity was was shut down. So it's difficult to make those year on year comparisons.
2: Sure, sure. That's why they have this uh, uh, 4.6% industry (laughs) production. Otherwise, Mm. I think uh, maybe just around 3%, yeah.
0: Alexei are you more optimistic I mean there were signs even before this data that maybe things were turning a corner weren't they on the inflation data which we saw and also on the trade
3: data which although negative was at least better than previous months I think uh, we should be um, still very concerned about the property market in China I think that part is still uh, in in uh, is still um, uh, uh, in danger I think uh, it would not be easily recover and then that Probably will affect other things as well, but I think uh, uh, consumption side actually is is, is 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 okay. As I've said, uh, we have seen good box offices and also uh, restaurants and, and and travels are okay. So um, probably uh, those uh, young people are changing their spending patterns, and um, industrial production actually is uh, is 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 showing some green uh, green suits. I think uh, because uh, people are. Uh, would have thought uh, the global economy is slowing down, so that would affect China as well. So I think uh, that I think uh, part of probably is uh, is the the best part of this this set of data.
0: I suppose if you ignore the property related data, it's actually all looking pretty good, isn't it? It's just that anything that seems to be related to property um, seems to be getting worse. Property investment decreased 8.8% year on year. That was worse than um, July, although maybe not as bad as the market was expecting. That that seems to be the real fly in the ointment. But that's been presumably a problem because it's such a large part of the economy
3: yeah then I think we will we, um, continue to be the the, the the problem for China because I think uh, this is not easy to recover and that may affect other things as well and but the the, 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 the good thing is I think uh, those uh, are probably related investment are, are only concentrated on the wealthiest part of China so I think uh, the ordinary people probably may still spend the uh, their their money on on daily items. So I think that that is not affecting too much on consumptions. Shark, how how
0: big a problem is this property sector? How big a drag is it overall on on the economy?
2: Yeah, I think people estimate that uh, property and these related activities account for maybe one quarter of the total economy. So that means uh, um, now the property market is in a very bad situation. This one definitely, they will drag on the uh, growth uh that's why the Chinese authority they have unveiled a lot of uh uh stimulus uh, uh policy initiatives. Uh but I think uh the I fully agree with Alex. Uh they cannot uh, fix the problem of the property market overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm afraid this kind of uh drag from this property sector will continue for for at least a few years at least a few really? years as long yeah as that. so that's why we even we see good uh, August data we shouldn't be too optimistic about that one because this property market still there okay mm. Mm. Uh, al- although even from the property market we we see uh, some good news for example mm. this uh, country garden they avoid this default recently uh, they get some money from somewhere I don't know okay but uh, anyway I think that this one they can by some time, but I don't think uh, they can uh, they can fully fix the problem. So this mm. problem will continue. Yeah.
0: So the, the real standout number, I suppose, out of all that um, data was retail sales, wasn't it? That's the that's the figure um, that looked uh, pretty good, rising. Uh, where was it, 4.7% 4. 4. was it, year on year? I've lost the figure um, now. But, I mean, if we go back to before the pandemic, um, we, we regularly used to see 8% growth or more, didn't we, in, in retail sales? So maybe it's sort of reach, reached a new plateau?
2: I, I think we should forget the the old numbers. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> in the future. I'm afraid uh, these are re, uh, retail sales, uh, industrial production, uh, I I don't think... T- they can come back to the level of uh, 7 or 8%, right? 5 to 6% sh- already good enough. Now we have seen even with the low base of last year, we only see less than 5% in mm. August and in uh, other months. So I think that in future, uh, as I said, with uh, this uh, property market problem continued, so the Chinese economy, they will have a, a lower growth rate in the next few years
0: Alex what do you make of what the PBOC is doing on the on the stimulus side they put more cash into the financial system but they left uh, the medium-term lending facility rate um, unchanged although they did cut uh, the 14-day reverse repo by about 20 um, basis points still looks like it's sort
3: of piecemeal bits and pieces the PBOC is doing I think uh, the public was still doing the, take this approach uh, because I think the problem is in the confidence and also the public sector is not too much related to uh, money supply. I think and mm. because people actually uh, are spending. I think and and also um, uh, the 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 investment will actually is not affected too much by the rates. If you cut the rates by a marginal number, then you not stimulate too much. So I think. Uh, uh, they probably will still be uh, very cautious in uh, in pumping money because um, they have learned the lesson a uh, decade ago. So that is not helping much. I think uh, they need to do something to to boost in confidence instead of just uh, putting money in the system.
0: And I p- presume they're also they're being cautious about the the yuan that um, they don't want to see further depreciation of the yuan. So they're taking all these measures to try and support the currency. So they can't really cut rates at the
3: same time. Yeah, because uh, uh, actually the one one short-term um, interest rate has uh, risen a little bit uh, last week. To mm. uh, and and that's why the Yemeni actually has uh, some rebound. So I think uh, that is uh, a point that they they also want to address.
0: Mm. Shark, do you get the the that there's maybe a bit more sense of urgency now from the the PBOC and the, and the government to go and boost growth?
2: Uh, I think that definitely they need to boost the growth, uh, but. Um, uh, I agree with Alex. You are purely you you purely rely on this uh, interest rate, the monetary policy. Maybe the impact will be very limited. Mm-hmm. So they need to find other ways, including this uh, fiscal policy. We have talked about why don't they just uh, distribute some uh, coupons to <laughs> to, to, to people? President Xi Jinping yeah. doesn't like that. Does yeah, He exactly. He's I, calls it I,
0: welfareism. Yes,
2: that, that's. Uh, uh, I don't know why. Uh, But uh, I'm afraid that uh, they will think this one um, unnecessary if we see the economy start to stabilize, unfortunately. Mm. But anyway, I think that they need to do something. And on the monetary policy side, of course, they are constrained by the exchange rate issues. But at the same time, uh, I think uh, it's right for them to do these uh, piecemeal things. I mean, for the PBOC, mm-hmm. they should be show to the market. We try to do something, and we try to boost the economy. Because uh, uh, I traveled in China uh, several months ago, I feel that people uh, they have the feeling that uh, authority think the economy is it's no longer the only goal for the uh, for for the government. so that's why they varied they varied they we don't take care of, of this issue for anymore so,
0: so the, the economy is not the number one priority yeah, for for beijing yeah, presumably exactly. what is national security yeah, technological yeah. development People have this those feeling. Right. People have
2: this feeling, so I think that now the PBOC and uh, other uh, government agencies uh, they are doing take some steps. They just try to show to the market that we still take care for, we still care about these uh, economy things. I, mm-hmm. I think that's uh, that's good.
0: Yeah. Alex, how big a problem is this latest news about Sino Ocean, another Chinese developer, suspended repayments on all of its offshore borrowings in what it says was a response to mounting uh, liquidity pressures, including a rapid decline in contracted sales. I mean, it's, it sounds like you know, this is becoming a financial problem as well as a property sector problem.
3: Well, I think uh, this is... Uh of course, a financial problem because uh, this is related to all the investment related to properties. And I think uh, this is sort of expected because uh, they, we, we all know that the, the sales is are uh, slow and they have cash flow problems and they are likely to stretch the payments uh, in a few years' time at least. So I think uh, this is sort of expected, but I think mm-hmm. uh, people probably uh, have to address how these uh, uh, problems spreading out to the, all those uh, asset management products in China. Mm. Uh, um, Shark, what do you make of the triple R cuts that we saw um, last
0: week?
2: Yeah, they just try to inject uh, uh, the liquidity to the market. Uh, they, I think that this one come a little bit earlier than I expected, uh, because uh, in August they just uh, cut uh, the LPR and the MLF, but uh, this time. Uh, They do on the second, uh, on the the following month, they do this uh, RR cut. Uh, I don't know whether they are going to cut uh, LPL this Mm. month or not. Uh, According to the MLF situation, maybe they are not going to cut this month. But I'm afraid that uh, in next month, uh, they will do something. So you can see that the authority, they feel the urgency to do something because uh, the, the July data outers, uh, they, they scare everyone off.
0: <laughs> mm, okay. Now, Alex, the other thing going on, the, this, these Chinese trade disputes, first of all, with the EU over um, electric vehicles, this... Um uh, this investigation into subsidies that the EU says China is providing um, its electric vehicle manufacturers, China's talking about retaliation, um, the EU is talking about as well, maybe they may see retaliation to this. How, how big a, an issue is this, do you think, in terms of um, you know, this is a big
3: market, isn't it, for, for China? yeah of course but in the meantime i think market is not expecting too much on this i think uh they think this probably would be resolved so um, you do not see too much reactions of uh, i think uh we should not be too concerned at this moment because i well, probably uh we may have some some trade restrictions but not too much i think mm-hmm. yeah.
0: and presumably this investigation it will go on for a long time it could take could take many years
3: yeah, I think, of course, uh, first of all, that this will take time, and and then I think uh, the, the results may not be expected, expected I think. Yeah. Mm.
0: But it just does show, doesn't it, just how big now the uh, uh, Chinese EV makers have become. I mean, they're dominating the global markets. Um, they're putting a lot of pressure on EU car
3: makers, on UK and US car makers. They really are um, cleaning up, aren't they? Yeah, that is uh, the problem for for Europe because the car industry actually is is, is very big and uh, over there, and 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 the emergence of uh, EU uh, EV actually is a uh, is a threat to them because they are bit late uh, in starting that kind of uh, business. So they are lagging behind BYD or, or even, um, of course, they are lagging behind taxa or even BYD, yeah.
0: And why is it that uh, the sales are increasing so much for these Chinese car makers? Is it because, as the EU says, that um, you know, they're receiving subsidies, so they're basically competing on price, or are they making better quality cars than the Europeans and the US? I think
3: uh, at the cost level, they, they are much lower than Europe. And then uh, they actually selling at very low margins because competition is actually very huge uh, in China between the EU, uh, EU makers. So they, the margin are very thin. So uh, that's why they are selling so, at so low prices.
0: Mm. And is that because, uh, can they do that because they're getting subsidies? Is there truth in what the EU
3: says? I think that they are getting subsidies from the capital market, not from the, from not <laughs> from the governments, because uh, people people are, are are treating this business like uh, uh, internet. So they are, they, are, they, are, they are spending more on, on the um, market expenses, and they think uh, eventually if you can eat out uh, those competitors, then you can uh, get back to uh, better margins. So I think they are getting subsidies from capital market instead of governments. <sighs> what, what do you make of this shock? How uh, big an issue is it?
2: I think you um, talk about these uh, subsidy things. Uh, I would like to say that in the past, uh, the, the Chinese EV do receive a lot of uh, subsidies from the uh, government but that's because uh, the government want to encourage this kind of uh, uh clear energy right so mm. you use evs you, so you don't need to uh use this uh, uh gas thing so that's uh, uh that's the uh, chinese they want to promote this kind of the clean energy things but now uh, i'm afraid that uh, uh they receive uh, less and less Uh, subsidies from the government. Of course, I I personally, I I welcome this uh, prop. (laughs) I welcome this prop to to show that... it makes no sense the Chinese make their things and uh, the government make the subsidies and they export to the Europe to subsidize. That means they subsidize the consumer in Europe, right? Mm.
0: So, well, that's exactly what the EU does. It yeah, does subsidize the consumer, doesn't it? It doesn't matter whether the <laughs> subsidy comes to the manufacturer or the consumer, it still lowers the price.
2: Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think that they need to make this one clean, make everyone know whether Chinese uh, EVs, they are still receiving the subsidies or not. Okay, Mm -hmm. and uh, if this prop, they prove to be uh, to be not in favor of China, I think the China should take some corrections. Now, the thing is uh, if you look at the EVs made in China and the EVs made in Europe, the Mm -hmm. China didn't drive a lot of the advance Mm -hmm. in cost and Mm -hmm. even in, in, in quality, even in quality. Even the car makers in Europe, they admit this one.
0: Right. Uh, but, um, you know, European car makers, U.S. car makers, when it suits them, they subsidize them as well. I mean, look at after, after the global financial crisis, the U.S. government had to bail out the big uh, American car makers. So, you know, they, they've all received subsidies at some time or the other by the sound of it.
2: Exactly. Exactly. But, uh, you know, nowadays, uh, sometimes I think uh, uh, they are talking different things right so mm. if uh, the european or of the us they they subsidize their kind of makers uh, they they just try to keep jobs for the people but if the chinese uh, they export things with subsidies uh, that means uh, they will take off the, uh, the 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 jobs from the european and the uh, us uh, uh, workers, uh, So, yeah, that's a, their argument.
0: Mm. Okay, well, let's switch our attention to the markets. Alex, I'm interested in getting your thoughts here. First of all, on the U.S. market, we've talked about this several times, the concentration in just, you know, several large stocks. So the latest st- statistic I have here, the 10 largest companies in the S&P 500, they now make up 34% of the index, and they have an average P.E. ratio 50 times. So this is higher now than during 2000. 2001 during the dot-com um, bubble, and even in 2008, uh, the, the top 10 companies were only about 25% um, of the index. And these 10 companies now have accounted for about 80% of the Nasdaq's entire rally um, this year. So we have talked about this before, but it seems to be getting even more concentrated, does not it, this, uh, this market rally that we're seeing at the moment in the US. And
3: I'm wondering, you know, is it heading for disaster? Oh, I think uh, probably not. I think uh, the overall sentiment in the U.S. is still okay. Uh, But I think uh, we probably may see some sector rotation. Tech probably may have uh, some retracement, I think, because if you look at the uh, recent developments, uh, we have uh, rising bond yields and we have... uh, at least uh, Adobe and, and Oracle are uh, down a lot after the uh, results. So uh, we are seeing some uh, weakness in uh, in certain parts of the, the tech already. And they actually, I think, are setting up examples. And I think people are probably uh, uh, switching into banks right now because uh, they probably think uh, uh, the macro backdrop is uh, a soft landing scenario. And yields probably may remain high and the economy is doing fine. So... They are buying banks right now, so I think uh, we probably may see uh, banks supporting the whole market and then uh, we are seeing weakness in the tech sector. So uh, overall, I think the market will not retrace too much. Mm. I mean, what's
0: interesting is that there's still money coming off the sidelines going into the US equity markets. We look at that Bank of America uh, report, the quarterly um, survey It showed um, last week the biggest weekly inflow in about 18 months. So it seems to be that people are getting even more confidence in this sort of soft landing scenario and putting money in the market.
3: Yeah, because uh, if you look at the bond market actually it is so weak so usually Mm -hmm. we should have um, some pressure on the uh, equity market as well but uh, we are not seeing that happening so uh, people actually are still quite uh, bullish uh, for the US markets. I think uh, Probably the, the the help of AI and also I think uh, they, they are more confident in the U.S. than other markets as well. So I think uh, that's why I do not expect too much retracement in the U.S. market. And that's
0: the other thing, isn't it? The bond market performance. This year we're on track now for the third loss in a row in, uh, in U.S. Treasuries. Normally you would expect by now after almost three years that would start to impact equ- uh, equities.
3: Yeah, I think uh, this is a uh, kind of strange because uh, right now we are seeing the uh, the, the the weakness in spreading into those uh, long end, so you can actually can lock in the long-term interest rate return uh, at a quite. Good rate right now. So uh, that's what, and, and we are not seeing too much uh, uh, support in the bond market. We are seeing uh, it going edging lower every day. So uh, this is a bit strange in the bond market, and, and, and that's why we should be cautious on a growth stock right now. Mm. Shark, a lot
0: of this is dependent, of course, upon the US economy having a soft landing. That's basically what investors seem to be betting on in both the bond markets and the stock markets. Are you confident that uh, the US is on track for that soft landing?
2: Uh, unfortunately, I'm not. <laughs> okay So I'm not very confident that the United States they can achieve a soft landing. because if you look at history, uh, every time when people have such high expectation, uh, they will mess some problem. Yeah? Mm. So this time maybe of course it depends how you define uh, you soft landing. Uh, if you just define as uh, without any recession and you can get rid of uh, this problem, uh, I'm afraid not but uh uh it is true that uh, this time is if the, even we have uh, some recession it shouldn't be that theory as be, uh, as before so mm. yeah we can have the, we can see the, the 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 shallow recession something like that, not that deep uh but anyway uh I think there is uh, it's more like art than, than science, mm. how you manage such a uh, s- soft landing. Because recently, you, you do see the, uh, the CPI data. They show some signals of the rebounds, uh, uh, at least not uh, slow down as people expected. It. Mm. So it, it's very hard. It's a test to uh, the, the entire economy, test to uh, policymakers. Uh, uh, so we need to be careful, mm. I like to say
0: is Is the oil market is that a risk to the economy we 're seeing oil now um, you know above ninety dollars A lot of analysts saying it 's heading for a hundred dollars. How big a problem is that to uh, the outlook
2: Yes, I think uh, this uh, energy uh, prices is, is uh, one concern so that 's why uh, this could but remember the, the last uh, two years ago the the inflation they start with this energy price coming mm-hmm. up right mm-hmm. so that 's why i 'm uh, not that confident that the U.S. must have uh, this uh, soft landing. Uh, in addition to this uh, energy price, uh, I think uh, the, the strike in the United States, because in the 1970s, mm-hmm. it is uh, this, uh, the trade unions, uh, they, they boosted this uh, inflation for a longer time. So we don't know. But of course, now the trade union, they are not as powerful as before, but still, if uh, the car makers, they have this uh, kind of the strike problem that could affect uh, to other sectors. Hmm. But I, as I said, there's still um, risks there, right? From the energy price, uh, from these uh, uh, strike things. Uh, so that's why I said, uh, I say it's still too early to see they will achieve this uh, softer landing.
0: Alex? And- and um, those two risks that uh, Shark mentioned, high oil prices, maybe oil prices at $100 a barrel, and also the strike um, at the U.S. automakers, those three automakers are about half of the U.S. car output in a, in a year. If there was a prolonged strike there, um, are those two risks for uh, – are those two things risks for the outlook? I think,
3: of course, you have to assess the risk. But uh, this time, dip different in the commodity markets because uh, oil seems to be um, – heading up on, on its own uh, on support uh, supply issues uh, rather than um, other things because if you look at other commodities like metals or or, or agricultural products, actually uh, overall they are not doing too much uh, uh, recently. So I think uh, the overall speculation in the commodity market actually is not too much. So oil probably may be just um, Holding up on the supply issues, so uh, this is uh, the, 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 so the, lim- the the impact may be limited. And for the uh, strike, I think uh, of course uh, that is another issue to address. But i but the, the reason com- uh, 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 unemployment data from the U.S. showed that actually more people are getting out to find jobs, so I think that that probably help uh, help to ease uh, the problems in other parts of uh, the economy uh, in the labor supply issue.
0: Mm. And, of course, we've got the Fed meeting this, m- this week. We'll get the decision in the early hours of Thursday morning. I guess rather than trying to guess what the Fed does, although the markets clearly expecting them to be on hold, what's going to be interesting is we'll get the dot plots again um, this time. So I think the key thing there is, do the uh, does the Fed members, do they see another rate hike before the end of the year? And also, what are they pencilling in for next year in terms of uh, rate cuts? This is, Shark, where it's going to start getting interesting, isn't it?
2: Uh, yes, definitely. I think the market they expect uh, they're not going to hike interest in September, but there's uh, maybe some small chance they will hike interest rate uh, in the rest of the year. Uh, so our expectation is uh, they're not going to hike interest rate uh, this year and the next year. So two hours, this kind of the tightening cycle already already come to an end. Uh, but the problem is uh, how long they will stay there. So now the tightening rates are more reflect on this uh, higher for longer scenarios if Mm. they stay the high interest rate levels as now for longer time i think that could be enough to have some negative impact on, on the economy on several sector like uh, property sector <laughs> okay yeah
0: okay, Alex, finally, let me get your thoughts on Hong Kong markets mm. as we always do on a on a monday you 've been very consistent over the last few weeks, you haven't been that optimistic and, and rightly so, although you have su- suggested that there might be certain sectors um, that that could outperform but at the moment, the Hang Seng Index is the worst performer out of 92 global equity markets. Shanghai is not much further behind it. It's negative, whereas you know most of the other markets around the world are in positive territory. Anything at all uh, to turn you optimistic that you're seeing or could see on the horizon?
3: No, I don't think so. I think uh, probably it may not be too bad. I think uh, we probably may see renew interest in HSBC, actually we are already seeing renew interest in HSBC and uh, that may help to support the index a little bit. And we probably may still see uh, money inflows into defensive sectors like oil and telecoms. So basically uh, uh, um, five or six bull chips may still remain strong and that will limit the downside in Hong Kong. Uh, consumption sector actually should, should be interesting because we are seeing uh, better retail sales figures, and I think uh, that one problem may st- uh, may worth uh, looking right now. Uh, however, I don't think uh, the property sector would have uh, too much to 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 do to, to to recover. So uh, overall, I think the old economy parks uh, is still bad. And then also, the I think uh, we are uh, very disappointed about the uh, reaction of the tech sectors uh, last week especially on friday um they are still edging lower after the uh, data uh, even though we are in the um in in, uh, in the food series shuffle uh, uh last friday uh that may affect a bit on the share performance but i think that uh, the overall performance on the tech sector is still too bad so i think people are still uh, very concerned about the long-term outlook and the uh, government stance towards private sector so i think that will limit the upside in hong kong so Basically, we probably may still have uh, less than 10 pool chips uh, to outperform the market and then that will help to limit the downside but probably that means that we are we are stuck within a narrow range in the Hang Seng Index because uh, the old economy sector like property and banks in China would still underperform and then the tech sector would still underperform so we do not have too much upside. What about utilities? That's
0: a traditional defensive sector, isn't it? We saw a big outperformance in utilities in the U.S. over the last sort of week or so, which is sort of a signal almost of of risk off. What about out here? Is is are utilities? Are they something that you would look at? No,
3: because uh, first of all, Hong Kong economy is shrinking, and then uh, the higher yields actually also affect the values of utilities, and. And basically, I think uh, people are getting hurt too much on on utilities uh, over the last few years. Uh, Many people uh, used to hold on to Hong Kong Yen, CLP, or China Gas, actually. They lost probably 30 to 40% already. So I don't Mm -hmm. think uh, confidence would come back uh, easily on that sector. So I think people would prefer China telecom sectors and oil uh, as defensive choices. And if they want to get used, I think uh, they also probably may prefer HSBC uh, than mm-hmm. other parks because uh, HSBC is more globally diversified. So I mm-hmm. think uh, this one probably may, may be the one to go. Yeah.
0: So it sounds like from what you're saying, maybe for the last quarter, we shouldn't get too excited for the local markets. Maybe not much more downside, but not an awful
3: lot either on the upside. I think you probably have to look at another angle at, at Hong Kong. Uh, I just uh, create a <laughs> new index, uh, just uh, one share of, China Mobile plus one share of HSBC and <laughs> plus five shares of uh, CNOOC, then you have equal weights on the three best bull chips in Hong Kong. Then probably you you, may, you may think Hong Kong is in a bull market right now. <laughs> okay, we'll call this the Alex Wong uh,
0: <laughs> Index, Hong Kong Index. We'll start tracking it. Thank you both very much. Great to hear your thoughts there. You heard Alex Wong, who's director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management, and LeShar, who is Asia Chief Economist from BBVA. <laughs> I'm joined now by Andy Scheer, who is a Shanghai-based independent economist. Morning, Andy. Good morning, Peter. Now, we had a lot of activity data out on Friday, didn't we? Uh, Let me get your thoughts overall, first of all, on that data. I mean, maybe the standouts were that retail sales and industrial production grew faster than expected in August, but things related to the property sector uh, weren't so good. What's your overall thoughts? Are, Are you seeing signs that maybe the economy on the mainland is turning a corner?
1: Well, I think the exports are kind of a bottom, bottoming out, and the export recession—it's uh, a related to global trade recession—is uh, driven by inventory correction and over purchases of electronics during the pandemic. Uh, it seems like it's a, it's it's bottoming out, and also Chinese ec- uh, car exports are increasing at a seventy percent. That seems to be a big factor uh, in the industrial production uh, number. So but I think that's the only significant news I can see. Uh, everything else uh, seems like uh, still uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 struggling and, uh, and uh, retail sales uh, might rise a little. Uh, but uh, I, I do not see a strong uh, direction there.
2: Mm.
0: Well, also the other thing that was noticeable in the data was how much um, state-owned companies seem to be out- outperforming private uh, companies on the industrial value, uh, industrial production side. Output increased five point two percent at state-owned enterprises, but only three point four percent at private companies. Presumably, we need to see this broadening out, don't we? If the economy is going to uh, stabilise and rebound on any sort of sustained basis, we need better performance from private companies.
1: Yeah, but uh, you know, private companies are much more more linked to the property sector than the state-owned enterprises. State-owned enterprises are more linked to the infrastructure sector. Mm. Uh, that is has a more a bit more, more stability. I think that uh, the uh, uh, the their worry worries that the state-owned enterprises are taking up a, a, a bigger big share of the economy. Uh, but uh, what I can tell is that uh, uh, state-owned enterprises are. They, they, uh, they do not employ uh, lots and lots of people, and mm. they tend to con- contract out workers. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's uh, it's temporary phenomenon, and uh, a st- still uh, a private company is struggling because the, pro- the property sector uh, is struggling. And uh, they, need to, they need to expand, they need to expand into uh, other areas.
0: Mm. And, and what do you make of the data that we saw on the, the property sector? Investment in the real estate sector decreased 8.8% year on year. It looks like, um, if anything, the, the, the problems in the real estate sector are getting worse.
1: Yeah, it's a gradual uh, uh, adjustment. China's uh, property sector is adjusting actually slowly, uh, even though a lot of people are complaining uh, why, why it's so bad. But usually property sector uh, adjustment is very abrupt. Like in 2008 in, uh, in the United States, or 1997, 1998 in, in, in Hong Kong and in Korea and uh, Southeast Asia. So, what's going on in China is that they are keeping interest rates very low uh, and uh, they are not forcing uh, bankruptcies, liquidation, and so forth. That's why it's adjusting uh, relatively slowly. Uh, the price, the other side is that it, it takes much longer to complete the adjustment, so probably many years. So that is why I think that the uh, people who are anxious about uh, uh, the property sector not being good, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, the bad news, uh, news is that it's going to be like this for a long time.
0: Mm. And, and the problem is, of course, although the government's um, not forcing these companies into bankruptcy, we're seeing this, the problem spread, aren't we? Sino Ocean, another firm that's uh, now talking about not being able to repay uh, its, its US dollar bonds, suspending payments um, on them, although, although um, these companies are, are somehow muddling through. They're a bit like the living dead, aren't they? They, they can't finance themselves. Yeah, yeah, they, it is, yeah. they can't sell anything.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a that the Chinese property sector is kind of similar to the Japan's property sector in the nineteen nineties, and mm-hmm. uh, in Japan, the bank uh, the, the banks didn't cl- for, uh, close on the property developers, and uh, in, in, uh, here uh, I think the, the uh, we have have much bigger inventory problem than in Japan because so much is under construction. So uh, and uh, and we know that uh, in a property cycle. Uh, it, it's a very it's very hard to say they are good guys, they are bad guys. These companies manage well during the boom, and so they will survive. Uh, usually, they're all gonna go down. Mm. So uh, the markets, uh, the markets' uh, uh, view in the last couple of years, since uh, Evergrande went in trouble. Somehow trying to look for companies that were in better shape. And therefore you could bet on them, like buying discounted bonds or lending more to them. Because there are so many, so many, uh, these shadow bank lenders in in, like based in Hong Kong or elsewhere. So they do, they always, uh, they want to do business. So they kind of, they're hoping that uh, some some are good. But uh, unfortunately, uh, the odds are pretty low that uh, uh, many will survive. And it's just uh, like you said, the, the living dead.
3: Mm.
0: And, and of course, if you've got firms like Country Garden, which is one of the biggest, it looks you know they somehow managed to reschedule their bonds, but they can't keep on doing this, can they? They're, eventually, uh, bondholders are going to run out of patience.
1: Well, uh, unfortunately, bondholders have no rights. So, uh, so uh, well, this uh, rescheduling, extension, uh, the kind of thing will be with us for a long time, for years. Mm. You know, you're going to have a government intervention. So, like in, in Guangdong, the government uh, will help out and and uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, kind of do uh, uh, co- coordination. So, uh, creditors uh, have to accept extension.
0: Mm. What do you make of the stimulus measures the PBOC has done over the last few days? They cut uh, the triple R requirement by fifty basis point, uh, sorry, twenty five uh, um, basis points. Then on Friday they left the MLF rate unchanged, although then they did go and cut a fourteen day reverse repo um, rate. What are they trying to do here?
1: Oh well, uh, first, uh, this move moves up uh, relatively small, uh, and uh, Chinese interest rates are very low. Uh, so uh, uh, they, they, in my view, uh, they are uh, much more for uh, 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 kind of uh, perception purposes uh, that uh, the government is stimulating. Uh, the, 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 we need to keep in mind that anybody who can borrow uh, they, they, uh, can. There is no liquidity shortage in China's system. Mm. So, uh, and interest rate is very low. So the issue is that uh, that uh, 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 the, the a lot of companies that, that are desperate for liquidity they already have too much debt. Right. So uh, if we want to lend them, lend to them, it's basically back to the same old treadmill of uh, debt piling on debt. Now, how do you keep this game going? You 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 let the land price uh, rise so that uh, somehow they they it looks like they have more 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 more, more equity. for for more debt. So that's been the Ponzi scheme for for a long time. So as long as you do not get back to uh, this this treadmill, uh, a lot of companies just simply cannot borrow at any interest rate. Mm-hmm. So uh, what what I see is that a kind of a, a, a twisting, tw- uh, the monetary policies uh, here and there. It's not going to change the overall direction, but it does change the sentiment for a few days. You do, have, you, do you do see a bounce in the stock market.
0: Mm, but the investors seem to be able to see through it because we get these rallies, don't we? And then they run out of steam fairly quickly. In fact, on Friday, the Chinese markets didn't even rally at all after that uh, uh, economic data. They, they still fell. So investors seem to be seeing through this. They seem to realize that it's all about perception. They're trying to give the, the impression they're doing something without actually doing an awful lot.
1: Yeah, I think that the issue is a big judgment is that the government is letting the property sector go. OK, because that, uh, uh, if you keep it going, uh, 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 you create a bigger problem for you and uh, you just would not be able to handle that. I think that's the big judgment. Uh, from like of, uh, so investors have to understand that. So China it has to go through this. Let the property sector go, and uh, it, it will become normal like in other countries. That, that does not depend on investment uh, purchases, does not depend on rising land price, okay? It needs to stand on its own.
0: Mm. But that's going to cause a lot of pain, isn't it? Um, if, if the government does that, um, then there's going to be some major bankruptcies and some major losses. But you're you're uh, yeah. saying presumably that's the best way. Let's get that pain out of the way. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I th- I think so. I think that the, the government feels comfortable in terms of polit- in terms of uh, from the political perspective because the government uh, uh, kind of does not feel feel insecure in that regard. So uh, if the economy is uh, is uh, poor for 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 a couple of years or even three years, uh, it's it's something that, uh, that can 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 be uh, handled. Mm. Uh, it's not like before.
0: Do you think that if they do that, that we also need some fiscal stimulus, though, not just this monetary stimulus. We need some fiscal policies that are going to help support the economy while it goes through uh, that pain, because there are going to be a lot of people hurt, aren't there? A lot of consumers, uh, a lot of people are going to lose their jobs. Um, there's going to need to be some measures, aren't there, to to try and stabilise the economy?
1: Yeah, the government should have cut uh, income taxes. You know, uh, the top uh, top rate forty-five percent is 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 uh, kicks in very early. So that's something that the government can do. But I, I doubt that uh, they will do it because uh, uh, there's a kind of a uh, 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 these political wind against. Uh, uh, uh too much money you know, that kind of thing so I, I i i doubt that that is the the most effective policy uh, in my view or you can cut a value added taxes but the uh but it would be wrong for the government to spend more money the government is already spent a lot of money hmm. and uh, and it would be wrong to just to, to transfer money to uh, uh governments in poor little areas uh, 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 cities, because you're going to sustain uh, unsustainable structures there. Now, they don't have the population, they don't have the economy to, to support such a large expenses. Mm-hmm. They they benefit from these land sales and expanded their governments uh, tremendously. So the government needs to shrink them, shrink them and make them more sustainable. Mm-hmm. So structural reform, the number one now, the number one priority is structural reform, so you cannot have a healthy uh, growth cycle coming after this. If you do, uh, if you waste the money, if you prop up unsustainable uh, uh, stuff like local government, extended government all over the country, then uh, uh, the, the, the economy cannot recover really uh, healthily.
0: Mm. But Presumably, the, the government, it doesn't have to put the money into the pockets of the local authorities, the local governments. It could go and put some money into the pockets of consumers, but President Xi Jinping doesn't seem to like that, does he? He calls it welfareism uh, and doesn't really like the idea of giving consumers more money to spend.
1: Well, we, and I think if they a couple of money, is not going to happen, okay? They didn't do it during the pandemic, so not likely to do it now. Mm. So I think the issue is cutting taxes uh, uh, what 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 are the government be willing to do? That, but I think it, 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 it's 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 politically it's unlikely. The government's priority is not the economy; it's a geopolitical competition. How to how to uh, get China uh, to, uh, to become uh, self-reliant in technology? That's the number one priority. So the government is throwing money uh, at uh, at uh, technology startups like uh, like uh, like crazy, right? So uh, uh, you know if uh, uh, the government wastes some uh, money there. Uh, It's okay, they they don't mind, Mm -hmm. Uh, as long as uh, somehow solutions are found.
0: Let me finally just get your thoughts on this dispute over electric vehicles between the EU and China. The EU uh, accusing uh, China of subsidising its, uh, its EV manufacturers and flooding the European markets with, uh, with cars. What are your thoughts on this? You mentioned earlier um, in, in the segment about how big uh, an impact that's had on um, industrial production. Um, it's, it's really sort of EV sales that are driving things, that are driving the economy at the moment
1: yeah the problem is that the european car companies are not be making evs and the chinese car companies are making evs and consumers want to buy evs this is number one thing all right the, the second is that uh, the treatment are like a low land cost and uh, some tax breaks for high tech companies everybody gets it including uh, uh, including volkswagen uh, or obviously uh, Tesla, right? Mm. So uh, it's, it's, it's the same treatment. It's not like they're singling out uh, uh, some private Chinese companies like BYD or Geely uh, for tax breaks. That, that, that is, uh, they, and it's not like uh, in, the, in Europe, they, they give a special treatment to BAE, uh, Airbus, and so forth, right? So, uh, But it, it, this is not the EV sector here. But the issue uh, uh, no, but the issue is that uh, I think uh, the Europe is in a big trouble. European companies are stagnant in technology, and uh, and uh, and they have high cost, so they are under a lot of uh, pressure and so then uh, i think they're not competitive uh, and uh, it's not easy to turn them around so you you want to go to policy to to, uh, to keep them alive but the issue is that uh, it, it's not so easy european car companies are selling like a uh, 5 or 5 million or 6 million cars in china if you don't let the chinese cars go to europe and then you know European cars cannot, cannot sell in China. So, so uh, I don't, don't think that uh, Europe uh, has the upper hand in that regard. So the, uh, uh, this thing is going to go on.
0: Okay, Andy West, great to hear your thoughts on all of that. Thank you very much indeed. That's Andy Sher, who is a Shanghai-based independence economist.
3: You're listening to Peter Lewis's Money Talk. Money Talk.
0: Thank you for listening to Money Talk this morning. You can find more details about some of the topics I've been talking about today, along with information on other headlines and market moves in my daily newsletter. Take a look at Peter peterlewismoneytalk.substack.com. I'll be back with another show tomorrow. Joining me then will be Mark Michelson, Chairman of the Asia CEO Forum at IMA Asia, Alicia Garcia-Herrero, Chief Economist for Asia Pacific at Natixis, and our US economics correspondent, writer and broadcaster, Barry Wood. Bye for now. Money Talk.